Hey guys, thanks for listening to our new series, Join Comfort, for a wonderful Christmas season. For more info, please visit mariner'schurch.org slash jhm. Thank you, Cheryl, for picking these up. You know, I like your guys' drawings. Guys, welcome. I just want to say that if it's your first time here, and if for some reason you don't even know who Jesus is, you don't know what this building stands for, you don't know what, uh, what we do here, um, welcome. This place is for you. And I just want to say that this message today is designed for you. But also, if you are somebody that is dedicated to this church, if you are somebody who comes week by week on your own will and you wake up early at, to come to the 9 o'clock service, that this, this message is also for you. I'm stoked that you guys are here. Um, it's Christmas time. As you can tell by these candy cane and mountains and these snowflakes, it's Christmas time. Who here loves Christmas more than any other time of the year? Okay, who loves other times of the year more than Christmas? Anybody? So Chris, you do? What do you like, what do you like more than Christmas time? You like Thanksgiving more than Christmas? More food? Oh, no way. Food comes at Christmas time. That is just the precursor. It's just like an appetizer. That's what Thanksgiving is. Anybody else? Who likes anything more than, than Christmas? Anybody? You. What do you like? What? You like your birthday more than Christmas. Now... Christmas is like, for me, Christmas is like my birthday on steroids, right? I mean, Christmas is just like ramped up birthdays for everybody. So, I don't know about that one. Who's you, Jack? Arbor Day. Day. You like Arbor Day more than Christmas. Well, I mean, it's a close second. I'll give you that one. (laughs) What? You have something else to say. There's such thing as a skateboarding day. June 21st is skateboard. Why do you like skateboarding today? Because you can just get on your skateboard and your mom won't tell you not to. That's probably why. Yeah, that's, you don't have to wear a helmet that day probably too. Your mom is just, it's skateboarding day, do whatever you want. Well, Christmas time is literally for me the most wonderful time of the year. I can sing that song and say it is really the most wonderful time of the year. If you guys know me, which hopefully lots of you guys do, if you don't, I'm from Wyoming. And, and just so you guys know, here's, here's California. It's over here on the West Coast. New York is over on the East Coast. If you were to draw a line like halfway through, like, through the United States and move a little more towards California, that's where Wyoming is. Here's a picture of what Christmas sometimes looks like in Wyoming. Ha- okay, who in here hasn't even seen snow before? You don't even know what snow is? It is literally cold water, like cold, it is, it is ice cubes falling from the sky. And at times, I remember Christmases where snow was up to my chest, singing songs like winter, here's Christmas in California, check this out. Yeah, I mean, it is the most comfortable time of the year, that's what the song should, it, it, is, it is so comfortable, you don't have to go outside, you don't even really have to put on a jacket, I wore flip-flops yesterday, you are wearing shorts today, if you wore shorts in Wyoming, I mean, you'd be dead right? You would frostbite. Here's, here's Christmas in, California, in Wyoming. The trees. It's, it's, it is literally, okay, the trees that you guys get here are sometimes shipped from Wyoming, and then you guys go and buy your trees. In Wyoming, you can actually chop down a real Christmas tree. Here's Christmas in California. Your palm trees. Your palm trees. And I, you, you know what? I, it, it is disgusting, but it, I, I love it. I mean, singing songs like Winter Wonderland here, it's just like, why, do we, why is that song even on the radio? I don't even wish for, I wish for maybe some mist in California at this time. But something I've discovered is that no matter where you are at Christmas time, we seek comfort. 
We seek things that are comfortable, like this, a Snuggie. Who here owns a Snuggie? You own a Snuggie? So your sister loved, wanted a Snuggie so bad that she was yelling. Have you, pulled, have you used it before? The armholes. I mean, it's so efficient, so resourceful, right? I mean, I can drink my coffee. Yeah, yeah, wear your robe backwards. Yes, that's a good one. Who else owns a Snuggie? Okay, who owns one of these? The dog Snuggie. I mean, we, we want to be so comfortable at Christmas time that we make Snuggies for our dogs. You own one of these. I don't believe you. You really own one? How big is your dog? 16 pounds. Wearing this robe backwards, as David would say, your dog is walking around with a Snuggie. But it, we seem at Christmas time to look for things that are comfortable in our lives. For me, it's this right here. This red cup that I get from Starbucks, a grande, two-pump, triple white mocha, extra hot with no whip. This red cup. This, for me, is the most comfortable thing I have at Christmas time. Every morning, I just grab it, and it's like, it's like my own personal fireplace every morning. Okay, what do you guys do at Christmas time for to be comfortable? Fireplaces. Oh, so we turn, we hop on the the fireplace. What do you? What? Snowboarding. Snowboarding is what you do. Fly to Colorado, and you're so comfortable in your warm clothes. Hot cocoa, peppermint, and watch Christmas movies. That is like the pinnacle, cookies, warm cookies. That is literally the pinnacle of Christmas comfort, right? We have our Christmas pajamas. But let me tell you, the story of Christmas is about the story of an angel. Hey, guys, hey, guys. It's a story about an angel that comes down to earth and says, I am bringing tidings of comfort and joy. And it's this idea that Jesus, when he came to earth, he actually enveloped something called comfort and brought it into earth. And what if that this Christmas we were actually seeking comfort in all the wrong places? And what if that this comfort that the Bible talks about is a comfort that you never have understood? So let's delve in and let's see what this is all about. Let me pray. God, thanks for your word. Thanks for this space. Thanks for Christmas. Thanks for Snuggies. Thank you for hot chocolate. And I pray today that this is a day that you enter, that your spirit enters this place and that for some reason we can sense your love in a different sort of way than we ever have experienced and that we can leave today people excited about who you are, excited about the holiday season. I pray this in your name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to be in the book of 2 Corinthians. It's a book that we don't preach out of often. If you have your Bible, it's going to be in the New Testament. So open it up to 2 Corinthians. Now, 2 Corinthians Corinthians was written by a guy named Paul. Paul, for many of his letters, was in jail, but he wasn't for this one. Paul wrote this letter to a church called Corinth. So know that this is a letter. It's written to the church of Corinth. It wasn't written to us. So we have to try to decipher what it's trying to say. So let's read it. 2 Corinthians verse uh, 1, 3. This is what it says. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. There's that word, comfort. So, so God, the God of all comfort. Now, my question to you guys is, do you think that he's talking about Snuggies and hot chocolate here? No. He's talking about a different sort of comfort. 
So what kind of comfort is he talking about? So keep your finger in 2 Corinthians. We're going to turn back to Isaiah. It's a book in the Old Testament. Isaiah was a prophet, and when, when a prophet spoke, they literally spoke what God wanted to say to people. Isaiah 40. This is the prophet speaking. When a prophet spoke, that means God spoke. So everybody was listening. It says, comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. He says it twice, the word comfort. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. So my question is, if for some reason God is saying to Jerusalem, comfort is coming, that means they have to be uncomfortable. If I'm on the couch and I'm snuggled up with my Snuggie and hot chocolate and I got my, uh, my Christmas movies playing next to, uh, or sorry, I got my, uh, my, my white mocha and I got my uh, fireplace going and I'm in my Christmas pajamas, my wife isn't going to come up to me and give me another hot chocolate or another blanket, right? Because I'm already comfortable. Comfort comes to people who are already uncomfortable. So Jerusalem was actually in a state of captivity. At one point in Jerusalem, the Jews worshipped God with everything. It was a place where they served God, they sacrificed animals to God, they built temples to God, they loved God with everything that they had. Until suddenly, these, this nation called Babylonian, the Babylonians, they came to Jerusalem, and they started taking the people captive. So suddenly, their comfort in God was hindered. People starting seeking comfort in other gods, other gods that didn't really exist. People started worshiping other gods because for some reason they weren't feeling comfort like they remembered. When I moved to California, I, I experienced the most uncomfortable situations in my life. In Wyoming, I knew everybody. Everybody knew me. I'd go to the store and I'd see four people I knew. And so suddenly when I moved here, I'd go to school and uh, I wouldn't know anybody. And I was literally the guy sitting in the corner at the lunchroom by myself. All the football players were over here. And trust me, when you're in college, it doesn't go away. So I, the football players reading over here, the people, the basketball players, the, the girls, the volleyball players, all, the, all the, what, the cliques, the clubs, and even the people who had no friends were suddenly friends at lunchtime, right? And so here I am in the corner. I, and I felt like everybody was looking at me saying, that kid's got to be the smelly one, right? I mean, he's got to be the smelly college kid that hasn't, something's wrong with him. That's why nobody's sitting with him. That's what I felt like everybody was thinking of me. And then I'd come home, and I'd do it again the next day. And then I'd come home, and then I'd do it again the next day. One day, I actually had lunch with one person, and I came home to my, my wife, and I was like, I actually had lunch with somebody. It was the best moment of my life. But I started acting a certain way. I started looking a certain way, doing certain things so I could feel more comfortable. Because when our comfort is hindered, we start looking elsewhere for comfortable things. I was being held captive to my own false ideals that I had to act and look a certain way. And kind of in the same way, the Jews from Jerusalem... When their comfort was hindered, they too were looking for different things. And suddenly when God says comfort is coming in a big way, it's not just words for them. But th this comfort was going to come and it was going to be so real to them through this person named Jesus. So let's jump back to, to 2 Corinthians to continue this story. 2 Corinthians 5, 1, 5. This is what it says. 
if I respond. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces you, which, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our suffering, so also you share in our comfort. So this is, it's this idea that there was a people who were suffering. And then Jesus came to earth not to say that they will never suffer again, but to say that in your sufferings, you will, you will experience a comfort like you never have experienced before. Whatever is holding you captive, you will suddenly feel a different kind of comfort that you never have experienced. Now, it's pretty ironic that this person named Paul is writing this because Paul, as a missionary, at one point didn't love Jesus at all. Paul actually was somebody who sought to kill Christians, and he did many times. He stoned them. He saw many people die who were Christians. He thought he was doing a good thing. And suddenly, he met Jesus on a road to a, a town at one point, and his whole life was so flipped that he suddenly was, being, was the chaser to now the one being chased. He was suddenly the one taking people to jail to, to the point where now he was being the one in jail. At one point, Paul says, I have scars all over my body from the sufferings I've, I've withheld. I've gone many nights hungry. I've, I've spent many, many nights on the streets sleeping. And yet, for some reason, he turns around and to a church, he writes that I am comfortable. I am comforted. In my sufferings, I yet feel some sort of comfort in myself. I want to tell you guys a story. When I um, was in fifth grade, so some of you guys just think back a couple of years when you were in fifth grade. I had a speech problem, believe it or not. I couldn't say my R's, that they wouldn't come out. For some reason, I'd read books, and, and I, I, in my head, it sounded fine, but yet when I would speak them, I just couldn't say it correctly. And so my teacher in class would be like, who wants to read the book in front of the whole class? And she'd be like, Alex, do you want to read? And so I'd read, and I think I'd be doing fine, yet everybody in my class would laugh at me for some reason. And I didn't know why. And so one day, my teacher actually called my, my parents and said, I think that your son, before he gets any older, needs to take speech class. It's a class that goes on before school, and, and uh, people won't even know that he's in the class. So up to that point, I was fine. Everything was good. The day of, I woke up in the morning. And my dad said, hey, you ready to go to speech class? And I just lost it. Suddenly, I thought to myself that if my friends saw me come out of this speech classroom, they'd suddenly look at me differently. They'd look at me and say, holy cow, that... That he, he's, he's not normal. He's not like us. He can't speak correctly. I was just going to be so embarrassed every day of my entire life. I would have to go back and virtually learn how to speak all over again. I'd have to go, in fifth, I was in fifth grade, I'd have to learn how to, to read first grade books all over again. And so I just lost it. I ran into my bathroom and I shut my door. And I just started crying and crying. And suddenly I heard a knock on my door, and I opened it. And my dad says, you okay? 
I said, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. And so what happened was my dad actually came right in front of me as I was sitting there on the toilet. And he, 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 he comes down and he gets on his knees to where suddenly my dad wasn't this person that was so big, so different. Just He wasn't like this person that I could never relate to, but rather he was at my eye level. Suddenly, just for that one moment, I felt like my dad in some way could relate to me. And so I looked at him and he said, everything is going to be okay. And he said, I will take you to speech class. And he said, I will sit with you through speech class every single day. And then he said, he will walk me out of speech class, and then he will drive me around in a circle back to the front of the school so I could get out of the car as if I never went to speech class. And then he gave me this biggest hug, the biggest one I've ever felt. And he said, I love you. No matter what you do, no matter what you sound like, no matter what you look like. And I felt the most comfort I can remember. And even so, Jesus, he looks at you. And he says, I am here for you. Your comfort is in me. Second Corinthians 1.10, this is what it says. For on him we have set our hope. It's a different kind of hope. Hope is something that we, we long for, that we look forward to. And it says that God's comfort is something that we can look forward to every single day. It's a kind of comfort we could never have imagined. And that's the kind of comfort that Jesus is given to his people. So my question is, what is it for you today? What are those things that you are seeking that are actually, you are seeking and for some reason you think they're giving you comfort, but they are actually holding you captive? I'm going to invite Josh to come up. He's going to play some music for us. But I want you just for one second to just think about your own life. And I want to create this space right now for you to just examine your life. Because sometimes we seek things for comfort. We, we have this, this Christmas list. We have that one outfit that I wish we could have. We have those things in our lives if, that, that we just want, that, that just make us comfortable. Yet those things are actually making, holding us captive. Just like me. I was being held captive to this idea that people were going to laugh at me and look at me differently because of my speaking. What is it for you today? I want you guys to close your eyes. Don't worry about the people around you because everybody's closing their eyes. I'm going to give you guys just just a couple of minutes. And I know it's hard being in junior high to just sit in a, a space that's quiet and that you can't look at people and laugh and have a good time. But this is between you and God right now. 
is it for you that is holding you captive? Some of you guys might be finding comfort in bullying other people at school. Yet that is holding you captive. Some of you guys might be being held captive to pornography. Some of you guys might be held captive because you're looking for affirmation from a parent that for some reason they're just not giving you. Some of you guys might be being held captive by this idea that you need to be popular to be liked, to be loved. And some of you guys are just uncomfortable. This season, might you understand that Jesus is bigger than any uncomfortable thing we could ever imagine. And that when he came to earth, he came as a human being at our eye level to understand what we went through, to understand what we have gone through, and to be a person that suddenly we can relate to. I want you guys to hold out your hands like this as I pray for you, okay? Just like this. God, you are the God of all comfort. God, that as students are sitting here and they might be thinking to themselves, I'm uncomfortable even in this space. Will you wrap your arms around them and offer to them a sense of comfort that they've never felt before? And God, as, as we go about our lives this season, can we understand that, God, you are the God of all comfort, that Jesus came to proclaim a message that wasn't about gifts, that wasn't about Santa Claus, that wasn't about Christmas trees, it wasn't about hot chocolate and Snuggies, God, but rather is about a Jesus who enters into human history to bring about a kingdom of people who want to love Jesus and want to change the world. And God, there is nothing more comforting than that. Be with these students today. In your name, amen. Okay, guys, so, so in your head, you might have been thinking about something that's holding you captive, that you are seeking, that is, that is uh, you're seeking your comfort in. We're gonna switch gears a little bit. We're gonna go to breakout groups, okay? We just have about 15 minutes. And we're gonna go to breakout groups. Be ready to discuss those things, talk about those things. If you have any questions, ask your leader about the message today. Now's the time. So if you are a female, get out of here. Go out there. 
Eighth grade males up here. Seventh grade boys, you're actually going to meet right back this way, not up here in the back. Sixth grade boys, you're going to meet way back with Justin and Marshall. Seventh grade boys, you're going to not meet up here by the stage, rather kind of in the middle over here. Yeah, over there. 